This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, everybody, welcome, 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 welcome. B'zat Hashem, I know the Shir about Enon Mivado. How Kaddish Baruch truly exists, and Kaddish Baruch watches over us every moment of our lives, whether it's Parnassah, whether it's health, children, Shalom Bait. World news, Akul Mikokol, Kaddish Baruch is watching, Kaddish Baruch is watching, Hashem is real, Hashem is real, Hashem is here, Hashem is there, Hashem is there and everywhere is a fact. I want to share with you a very interesting chidush. Before we start, this year is a fuash lama. Malka Bat Rachel and Yosef Ben Rachel, the Shaver Fuah Shalema, and lived to 120 healthy, long years, Bezat Hashem. Very interesting Chidush from the Sivis Shalom. Very, very powerful Chidush about the power, about the essence, the mitziut, the reality, the science of a Jew, of the neshama, of a soul of a Jew. He says, we know, Techilat Geulat Mitzrayim, the beginning of the redemption, when Jews left Egypt. Parashat Shemot. Moshe Rabbeinu is walking in the desert. Famous, everybody knows the story of the Psukim the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu sees a burning bush, a sneh. The sneh is Boel Be'esh, the sneh is on fire. But the actual sneh, the bush is not burning. There's fire and fire and flames and flames of fire, but the bush is not burning now. It's wood, it's leaves. Why is it not totally getting consumed and totally over into ashes? See, Moshe Rabbeinu sees a very interesting thing. There's a burning, burning bush full of fire, but the bush is not burning. The bush is still there and it's intact and it's full just like it was before. Says in Tivot Shalom, why is it that Hashem chose this specific way to start the Geula of Mitzrayim. Why is it that God chose this as a symbol, the burning bush, that there's actual fire, but the bush is not burning, as a symbol to the beginning of the redemption for Moshe Rabbeinu to take the Jews out of Mitzrayim? Says in Nesiv Shalom an unbelievable thing. He says, fire represents, we know, ta'avot, desires. Fire represents destruction. Fire represents tum'ah. When one is involved and indulged in so much averot lo'alenu, so much sins, or one is so indulged in the society of the goyim across the world, when one is so far removed from what it means to be a Jew, to be a Yid, to be involved in Torah and mitzvot, he's very indulged, he's very connected to fire, to esh, to the esh of the Yitzharah, the Yitzharah is compared to fire, the evil inclination is compared to fire. So it says in the Sivis Shalom, Hashem over here told Moshe Rabbeinu, although the Jews, they were in Mitzrayim for so long, the Jewish people were in Egypt for so long, Long and Rabbi Tayyip, you have to understand. Egypt at the time was known as the country of Tahavot, was the country of desires. The worst things possible, the worst sins possible, the most disgusting things were done in Mitzrayim. And when the Jews are around, you know, the Egyptians back then, the Mitzrayim for so long, obviously they're going to get influence. The Torah tells us that the Jews are up to the Memtet Sharetuma. They were up to the 49th level of impurity. Now, if you reach the number 50, it's over. There's never coming back to Hashem. So the Jews at the time, of leaving Mitzrayim, right before we left Mitzrayim, we were up to the level 49 of tomb of impurity, which is the worst of the worst, right before the worst, the worst of the worst, which is 50. So the Jews at the time were unfortunately very involved in Tumah. They were very involved in different society stuff and sins and things they should not be doing as a Jew. So we hear Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, 
Although the Jews, unfortunately, went so down in Mitzrayim, although unfortunately they were there for too long, then it made an impression on them. They already reached the 49th level of impurity, which is very impure, which means they're so consumed with fire, with Averot, with the Yitzhara. You see the bush, it's still not burning. Although there's a fire, the bush is still intact. So too says Hashem to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Jews, although they're consumed with fire, although they're in flames with fire of Ta'avot, of desires, and Yitzhara, they themselves, the being, the Neshama, the soul of a Jew, is always going to stay intact and is always going to be close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Just like the bush never went up in flames, just like the bush never got destroyed, although there's so much fire, Moshe Rabbeinu, Yikigo redeemed the Jews from Mitzrayim. You know what? But you know why? Because the Jews themselves, their Neshama, their souls are still connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, no matter what they're going through, no matter how much of a person did, no matter how much of and sins that are connected to fire, that are compared to fire, Saul did, then themselves can still be redeemed, to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to even receive the Torah. Says in the the Shalom, that is why Hashem chose the burning bush as a siman, as a symbol, as the beginning of the redemption of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, to teach Moshe Rabbeinu, go take the Jews out. Yes, even though they're holding the lowest level of impurity, even though they're so far removed from me, you have to understand, every Jew, his essence, his being, is still very close to me, that he can still be saved. Rabotai, Ay, what a tremendous lesson we learn from this. What a tremendous lesson. No matter, this is on a nation level to be redeemed, and an individual level. Every person also has his individual redemption that he needs in his life. Every person also needs a ge'ulah from the tsarot lo'aleinu, from the all the suim, all the bad news a person has, whether things are not working in a business, or things are not working in with health lo'aleinu, or shalom bayit, or whatever it is, neighbors, every person needs his own individual redemption from that sarot, from the pain that he's going through. He needs a Yeshua. He needs a salvation from Hashem. Says in his Sivis Shalom, no matter who the Jew is, no matter what he did in his life, no matter where he tries to run away to, to run away from who he is as a Jew, no matter if he has 20 earrings, no matter if he has a nose ring, no matter how much tattoos he puts on himself, a Jew is a Jew. His being, he himself, the reality is a Jew's neshama can never be stripped away from him. So no matter how many sins a person does, and he shouldn't, but if he does, you should know, you are never ever going to change who you are. You are a being that's close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's a fact. The science of a Jew is close to Hashem. The Neshama is close to Hashem. So no matter how much fire, no matter how much you involve it, the Yetzirah, you're always going to be Hashem's sons and Hashem's daughters. No matter what a person does, he's always a person that's close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's Hashem's message. And I want to share with you an unbelievable, powerful this is from the Shlach Kaddish. Now this is a major Kaddish. The Shlach Kaddish says like this, Rabbi This is unbelievable. You're going to walk out of here different. Look what the Shlach Kaddish says in Meseches Rus. Neshamot Yisrael em lemala mimadregat amalachim. Ki neshamot Yisrael chatsuvot mikise akovod vechelek Hashem imoy. You see, our neshamot, us B'nai Yisrael, a Jew, our neshamot, our souls, were created 
from Hashem's chair, from Hashem's kisah covered, which is the highest point in Shemaim in the world, is Hashem's throne, the King's throne, the Kaddush Baruch Hu's throne, the kisah covered. Our neshamas, every single one of us, were created right from Hashem's chair, which is a place that's higher for where the malachim, the angels, were created. Says the Shlach Kaddish, us, us, B'nai Yisrael, us, the Jews, our neshamot were created from a higher place in the world, closer to Hashem and the kisah covered from Hashem's chair which is higher from where the malachim, angels were created. That means us, Jews, are even higher than malachim, than angels. It's based on science, as they say. Yes, the scientific thing before, behind the Jew is, you know what the science of a Jew is? You are a creation that's a closest thing to God in the world, even more than malachim. Even more than Malachim, this is a fact. Our neshamot are literally the closest thing. We're created from the closest thing to Hashem, from the kisi akovah, from the chair of Hashem, even higher than Malachim than angels. How unbelievable is that? If a person is only aware how much he's worth, if a person will only understand, if Jews will only understand how much they're worth in Hashem's eyes, when a person is going to understand the reality that he's worth so much, that he literally was created from the kisya covet of Hashem, who would want to sin? Who would want to do a virot? Imagine, you tell a Jew, you know you were created, you know the reality is, and it's based on science, you were created from the throne of Hashem, the highest point of the world, more than angels. Such a Jew that understands that, why would you want to go to a movie theater? Why would you want to do improper things? Me, a person, and a shama, a soul that was created from the highest point of the world, I should go do such things? Why would you even think of it? Imagine you have somebody that's very wealthy. Very, very wealthy. He owns uh, helicopters. He owns his own airplanes. He has his own uh, island over there outside of Florida. The guy has so much money. Is he going to go to the store and uh, uh, wait online to pick up a, a loaf of bread or for two bottles of milk from the grocery store? That makes no sense. Such a wealthy guy like you. What are you, what are you waiting online like that for two bottles of milk for free? So to Abutai, you, a Jew, a Yehudi that has a high neshama, B'nai Israel, Yehudi, Neshama, you have a high soul. You have a very wealthy, wealthy soul. Every Jew has a Neshama. It's very wealthy, very chashuv. Comes from the Kisak Avod. Why lower yourself and go hang out and go to places where you don't belong, which is the movie theater or different bad places? For what? You're much bigger and better than that. Your Neshama is much bigger and better than that. You're even more bigger, more large than Melachim than angels. What a tremendous lesson. Now let me tell you another chidush. Now this is again, this is just, just mind-boggling. You know, when I read this, it was just mind-boggling. This, it's from Sefer Sikh Yitzchak. He says like this, We know one of the worst averot in the Torah is avodazara, is idol worshipping. One of the averot that a person should kill himself and not do is bow, bow down to avodazara, to idol worshippers. Why is it that Hashem despises. Why is it that Hashem hates this sin, this, this avera of Avadazara so much? Why does Hashem hate? What's the ta'am? What's the reason behind why this sin of Avadazara, of idol worship is one of the worst averot that we have in the Torah? Listen to this tremendous chizik from the Sefer Sikh Yitzchak. He says like this. He says, Hashem created us, us B'nai Yisrael. We are the closest thing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We are B'nai Yisrael. You know what B'nai Yisrael means? You know what it means to be sons and daughters of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? We come from Hashem. We are a small extension of God. That's saying a lot. 
us Bnei Israel are a small extension of God, which is the highest thing you could be in this world. We are the highest creations closest to Hashem in this world. That's what we're called Bnei Israel. Bnei is Binyan, a building, which means we come, we're built from Hashem. Bnei Israel means we're built from Hashem. We are a part of a Kadosh Baruch Hu, us, the Jewish people, Bnei Israel. When we turn, when a person chas v'shalom decides to do the aver of Avodah what does he do? What is, what is the sin all about? What it means is you go to some idol, you turn to the sun and all the moon, and you tell the sun and the moon, hey sun, hey moon, please, 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 I don't know who this whole God thing is, I don't see him, I don't know what's going on, he's too large for me, but I see you, the sun and the moon and the stars, or the cows, whatever it is, I don't know what they're thinking, but whatever. Hey, can you please go speak to God for me? Can you tell God I need parnasa? Tell God I need health. Tell God I need a wife. Tell God I need X, Y, and Z. That's Avodah Zarah. Avodah Zarah is when you turn to a different being, like the sun, the moon, the stars, the cows, or Buddha, whatever it is, and you tell them, hey, you're my God for now. You're like my miniature God. I'm diving to you because I can relate to you more. Can you please go speak to the Almighty for me? Says the Rambam, that's a form of Avodah Zarah. That is a typical Avodah Zarah idol worshippers, where you turn to a different being, when you turn to human beings, or the sun and the moon, different creations, to turn to Hashem. You talk it to them as if they're Hashem, as if the moon and the sun is Hashem. Says the Sefer Sikh Yitzchak, why is it the worst of air possible? You know why? Not because you're cheating on Hashem, but because you're cheating on yourself. Which means, if we, us, have neshamot, have souls that are so close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that means we are the most hooked up people in the world. So if we're going to turn to others to ask Hashem for us, Hashem gets offended. You know what it's like? Imagine you have a father, you know, that has money to give his children. But his child, his son... Doesn't go ask money. Let's say the son really needs the money, not sketch. Let's say he really needs the money. Imagine the son doesn't go directly to his father to ask for money. What does he do? He goes to some guy in shul, some guy in the synagogue, in the and tells him, hey, some random dude, can you go speak to my father for me to give you money? A good father will be very offended. Very, very hurt and offended. My son... My own son that came for me, he will go ask some random dude to ask me for money. He can't come to me directly. You're my son. You can't speak to me directly. I'm your father. What's going on? Says the Sefer You know why Hashem hates Avodah Zarah? You know why Hashem hates idol worshipping? Because Hashem is saying, I don't understand. I'm your father, you're my son. Every Jew, every Jew, daughter, every girl, but whatever it is, you're my daughter, you're my son. I'm your father. Why in the world are you turning to other places to ask for salvation? Why in the world would you turn to other people for help? Whether it's Parnassah, whether it's health, whether it's Shlombayit, whatever it is. Why in the world would you be Oyvid Avodazar? Why would you turn to other Shlichim, other messengers to speak to me when you're the closest thing to me? You're the closest thing possible. So the reason why serving other idols is bad, the reason why Avodah Zarah is bad, is not because we're cheating on Hashem, it's because we're cheating on ourselves. We're not living up to what we're capable of, to go directly to Hashem, because we're the closest thing to Hashem. Why turn someone else, when you can turn straight to the boss, straight to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when a person doesn't dive in straight to Hashem, but rather a person turns to other idols, what a mistake he's making. You don't know how much you're worth, says Hashem. Avedah Zarah is the worst sin possible. You know why? Because Hashem 
hates, Hashem dislikes when one doesn't live up to his expectations. Hashem cannot stand when one is capable of so much, when one is so wealthy of kedusha, of righteousness, of holiness, and he goes and he just throws it out, he just chucks it, doesn't utilize the power, the beauty, the neshama, the soul that he has to get close to Hashem, learn Torah, do mitzvot, and daven ta'kadosh baruch Hu. That's why Hashem does not like the sin of Vaidazar. That's why it's one of the biggest sins. Because one of the biggest sins a person can do is not live up to what he's worth. And you're worth a lot in Hashem's eyes. What a tremendous chizik. I want to share with you a story that I read that happened a couple of weeks ago. This was said by a lady from Bechemish. I said this over once. She said like this. She said her husband, unfortunately, Erev Shabbat went to the mikveh and he tripped. He was an older fellow. So you heard himself in the back, you know, one of the bones over there in the back. So right away, she calls up the doctor, what should I do? You know, my husband is in pain, he can hardly move. doesn't have to go to emergency room, but I want to take care of it as soon as possible. Doctor tells her, listen, it's doing corona time, unfortunately. It happened last year. You know, the lines are very long. The lines are very long. The latest appointment, the earliest appointment I have is four months. Four months. His back is hurting him. He needs to go right away. Four months. He can't wait four months. So the wife starts getting worried. She starts making phone calls to another doctor, another doctor, and the old book. There's all long lines, all because of Corona, unfortunately. She starts calling up the rabbi of the community. Can you help me out? Can you pull some strings over there and you know get my husband early? He tries. The rabbi fails. Can't do anything. She calls up different askanim, different people in charge of the community, businessmen that can help her out to maybe pull some strings and get my husband in there, maybe a different uh, doctor in a different city. Nobody was able to help. Unfortunately, the lines, there's long lines. Nobody can help her. She sits down one day and she starts thinking, what should I do? What should I do? I got to get my husband an appointment. It's not an option to stay home for four months. What should I do? Then she remembers, oh my gosh, I turned to the rabbis. I turn to the askanim. I turn to the people in the community. I turn to relatives. I turn to different doctors, to neighbors. I didn't even ask Akadosh Baruch Hu. I didn't even turn to Hashem. I turned to the whole world, but Hashem I didn't turn to. That should be the first thing I'm doing. She went to the corner of her house. She grabbed the Tehillim Abutai and she started davening and davening. Hashem, Enon Milvado. Enon Milvado, only you exist. You can do anything. You run this world. Hashem Elohim, Hashem, you're the God. You can do anything. Please help me, Hashem. Everything's from you. Please give me the Yeshua. And she davens and she davens. Abutai, the next day, this happened last year during Corona from Bet Shemesh. The next day, she gets a call from the first doctor. That she called to make an appointment for her husband. And he tells her, you're Mrs. So-and-so, you're looking for an appointment for your, for your husband. She says, yes, if you want to have an appointment for you next week open, what happened? That specific client, he flew, he had to, unfortunately, had to fly to America for a special procedure. So now we have an opening, we have an open slot, you can bring your husband. Rabotai, this lady said we have a tremendous lesson to learn from her. She turned everywhere to the rabbis, to the askanim, to the doctors, to the neighbors, to the family, to Hashem, she didn't turn. We have to understand Hashem is the greatest rabbi. Hashem is the greatest askan. Hashem is the greatest doctor. Hashem is the greatest shatchan. Everything is a kadosh baruch hu. Enod milvado. Everything's from Hashem. You need something? Turn to Hashem. Turn to the boss. The first thing you do is turn to Hashem. Everybody leans in a kadosh baruch hu. The whole world runs by a kadosh baruch hu, by God. You want to turn for help? It's Hashem you turn to. The first thing you do is turn to Hashem. Enod milvado. And like we learned, us Yehudim are very connected to Hashem. 
Hashem. We're literally His sons and His daughters. We can always turn to Him 24-7, straight to Hashem, the boss of the world. What an opportunity we have. An opportunity we have as Yehudim. I want to share with you another story about the power of Enod Milvado, the power of when one really works in himself, to wake up to the reality, to the mitziut, that Hashem is with us 24-7, and Hashem literally wants us to turn to Him. Hashem runs the world, Hashem is here right now. We just have to wake ourselves up, we need a reminder that Hashem is here. Once you keep on reminding yourself, the sweetest, best, funnest time in the life you're going to have when you really live with Hashem and understand the reality that Hashem runs the world. I want to share with you another story. It's a tremendous story. Then I'm going to get back to this. Remember to get back to this. This story happened. Parashat Kititze, Tavshin Pei. Okay? This is what doing a little time. Rosh Hashanah time. A little before Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, it's the story goes like this. It doesn't say the guy's name. Okay, but it's the son saying over the story. Calls him Avimui. Story goes like this. This happened to a fellow from B'nai Brak. This person has like a branch of kindergartens, of playgroups. Now, during the corona, you know, in the Medinat Eretz Yisrael, just like everywhere else, everyone got confused with the payments. You know, you're getting uh, checks from the government, you're not getting checks, you're paying taxes, you're not paying taxes, everything is a uh, mishkabab, everything got confused. Okay, this fellow, a little bit, he miscalculated how much he's supposed to pay his employees, whatever it is. He made a mistake. He caught on to the mistake. But there were a few gananot, a few teachers over there, that decided, we're going to sue our boss. We're going to take him to court. He tried cheating us for money. We're going to take him to court. Even though it wasn't true, that wasn't the case. It was an honest mistake. But they decided to go to court. This is the way the son says it. Now, the father got very nervous. Because he knew, once he goes to Betin, now, it wasn't a religious bet in Al-Pitoah. He was going to the Chilonish bet, the religious ones in Tel Aviv. It actually says the city too. Which bet in Tel Aviv? It was called... Um, the Beta Mishpat Hashalom in Tel Aviv. This was in the Beta Mishpat Hashalom in Tel Aviv. Not religious, okay. He has a date for the Betin. He gets very nervous because he knows he's, I don't know what's going to happen. They're going to ask him for a lot of money. They're going to sue him and could be he's going to be guilty. He's going to have to go bankrupt. He got very, very much under pressure. What does he do? The day, the night before the court date, him and his wife take pieces of paper. Listen carefully to what happened here. It's just happened. They take pieces of paper and they take markers and they go paper by paper, empty white sheet of paper, and they go, En od milvado. They're right with the marker. En od milvado. Nothing exists in the world except Hashem. 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 En od milvado. And we paper after paper, paper after paper. And then they had a stack of posters that says, En od milvado. Hashem runs the world. Everything is up to Hashem. We got to wake each other up. Everything is up to Hashem. It's going to be good tomorrow in the court. What do they do? They go to different places. They go with scotch tape and they start taping the posters all over the city, all over town, different places, spreading Hashem's uh, glory, spreading Hashem's enob mivado, all over that Hashem runs the world, Hashem is in every corner, Hashem is in every street corner, Hashem is in every traffic, like, all over the place. The next morning they take a few kids together and he tells them, let's scream together enob mivado, enob mivado Hashem runs the world, Hashem runs the world enob mivado everything goes by Hashem, everything is up to Hashem Hashem can do anything, Hashem can bring me the Yeshua, Hashem can stop me Hashem can do anything, Hashem can make me come an innocent from this whole court. Hashem can stop and take me out from this court. They're totally patul, totally innocent. Then he goes to the court. Here comes the day he drives to the court, to the courthouse in Hashomer, Hashalom in Tel Aviv. He goes to the building. His court 
place, room was in the sixth floor. That's the story. He goes, sixth floor? Okay. He takes the elevator to the sixth floor. Now his knees, he's an old, older man a little bit. So his knees were hurting him. He goes to the sixth floor. The problem is he opens up the elevator. He gets out. Now there's construction in the sixth floor. So there's a sign, you know, like a detour. Go up the steps. Right now, whatever's supposed to be in the sixth floor room for the court is up in the seventh floor. Just take the steps up. Okay. He starts taking the steps. Although it's hard for him, instead of going up the steps, what happens? There are two ladies on the two sides of the steps, one on the right, one on the left, on the staircase. Now this person took upon himself, tzniut, took upon himself modesty. He's not walking in between two ladies. You know, we have a inyan. The Torah tells us, the Chachamim tells us, there's a big inyan, it's a big thing for a man never to walk in between two ladies, even in the street. Always try to avoid it, go around, whatever it is. Never, try your best never to walk in between two ladies. And it goes the other way too. A lady should not walk in between two men. This is out of modesty. And a precaution of modesty, of kedushah, of holiness. So this person took it upon himself. So he had the guts, and he told the ladies there, "Slicha, can you move aside? You know, the Allah is an inyan. Allah, but there's inyan. A person shouldn't walk in between two ladies." And they told him, "Ma, anachnu, jukim. What are we? Bugs or something?" Those two lady ladies told him, "Chilonim." Unfortunately, not religious yet. He told them, no, you're not bugs, because the same halacha applies to the ladies too. No ladies should walk in between two men. I'm just asking you, if you don't mind, just, I took it upon myself, not to walk in between two ladies, just move aside. They listened. He went up to steps. Okay. He goes inside the courtroom. He sits down. Boom, boom, boom. The court starts. Then he has the people that are trying to sue him on the other side with their lawyers. And he had his lawyer. Then... He sees like on the stage where the judges sit, you know, with their whole uh, uniform. The judges sit over there. They go like this to him. Can you imagine? The judges start waving to him. Like, it's like, hello, hello, from the, from the high point from the stage over there. And he's shocked. He's like, who's waving to me? I don't understand what to say. Is a judge waving to me? Didn't know what it was. This guy didn't, didn't know what was going on. The court starts. And the people that wanted to sue this person started saying, yeah, he stole money, he's a liar, he's a cheater, blah, blah, blah. This happened and this happened. Suddenly the judge, this lady gets up and she says, this guy is a liar. This guy is no liar. This guy is a stealer. And she points to this fellow. This guy is no stealer. I was just by the steps downstairs. He wouldn't even walk in between two ladies. You think he's going to go cheat? You think he's going to go steal money? You think he's going to go lie to you like that? Not possible. Patul, innocent, case is closed. Uh, but Ty, what a tremendous story. This person, scream enod milvado. This person worked on his emunah in a kadosh baruch Hu. He awakened the truth. He woke up the true neshama, the true soul that is connected to a kadosh baruch Hu. And Hashem is here 24-7 with us. And Hashem runs the world and Hashem can do anything. He scream enod milvado. He took emon vado and put it all over the city to remind himself and others that Hashem runs the world. He built up his true trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He took upon himself not to walk in between two ladies and he kept it. And he was real about it. And the two judges ended up being those two ladies by the staircase and he told them to move aside. And they said, if this guy is so careful with walking in between two ladies to ask us to move, there's no way this guy steals. Case is over. Abutai, Hashem is in charge of the world. And Hashem truly runs the world. We just have to, including myself, just have to wake it up. Wake it up. Remind ourselves how Hashem truly is here. Hashem is here 24-7. You know, I read a beautiful mashal. Sometimes when you go to the airport, which is, by the way, every time a person goes to an airport, every time a person flies on a plane, you have an opportunity to remind yourself how 
awesome it is, and how much of a privilege and a zechut and a opportunity we have to speak to Hashem, the creator of the world. When you're in the plane sitting there and you see the oceans, and oceans, the huge ocean, the yam is so deep and so big in the clouds, and you think to yourself, wait a minute, I dive into the same creator who created these oceans that I'm seeing right now outside the window from the plane. I dive into him, shachit, mincha, and avit. I make brachas, baruch, atah, Hashem, to the same creator who created all the oceans. Holy moly, this is unbelievable. It should wake us up. It should give us like a sting of yira, of a pachat, like whoa, like it should shake us up. Do you realize who we talk to? We talk to literally the creator of the world. Hashem who created nature, the sun, the moon, and the ocean that we see. We have an opportunity to talk to Him. Thank you. Hashem, thank you just for that. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to even daven to you. What an honor. Who would not want to daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Who would not want to do Torah and Mitzvot? What an awesome privilege, opportunity we have to talk to the creator of the world. How did I get there? Fine. So when a person goes to an airport... From far away, when you drive into the airport, you see the airplanes flying on top. They don't look that big. You know, if you go like this with your hand, you could probably have the whole plane in your fist, kacha, the whole size of the plane when you're far away from the plane. But once you start driving in, and then you get dropped off, and then you go inside over there, the hallway over there, the whole place over there in the airport, and then you start seeing the planes from the window close up, those planes are massive. Those planes are huge. Habatai, you know what the mashal is? You know what the... The lesson is the parable, from far away the plane is small, from close up the plane is massive. So too when it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so too when it comes to the Creator of the world Hashem. When somebody chooses to be far away from Hashem, he doesn't learn the way he's supposed to, unfortunately. He doesn't dive in the way he's supposed to. He's not living up to his expectations. He's not truly bringing himself being close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Unfortunately, his fault, not his fault, whatever it is, he's doing sins, he's far away from Hashem. A person right now is far away from Hashem. Hashem seems small to him. What's this God thing? Yeah, whatever, I heard of him. Yeah, one day I'll get to him, whatever. But when a person is close up to Hashem, what do I mean close up? He learns, he davens, he keeps Shabbat, he keeps kosher, he says bachot with He's working on himself. He tries to be a better and a better Jew, to follow Torah better and better men or women. When he's closer up to serving Hashem, Hashem gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Suddenly you see how massive, massive is even the wrong, the wrong word to use about Hashem, how long, Hashem is everywhere. You start getting like Yirat Shamaim. That's what Yirat Shamaim means. You start fearing Hashem when you recognize where, that Hashem is everywhere. What does Yirat Hashem mean? Yirat Hashem means to recognize Hashem is here. To understand and remind yourself Hashem is around. You look at a tree, oh, Hashem is here. You look at the sky, oh, Hashem is here. You look at an apple, oh, wow, Hashem is here. Everything, Hashem is everywhere. That's what Yirat Hashem means. Yirat Hashem means to remind yourself that you are a prince walking in the palace of Hashem and Hashem is the king. You walking on earth means you're walking and you're the prince in the palace of Hashem of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what Yirat Hashem means. Yirat Hashem, having fear of Hashem, is supposed to give us a shake. It's supposed to wake us up and be happy. Bismchad. We are walking in the palace of Hashem. And Hashem is everywhere. The king is everywhere. And I'm the prince. And I'm the son of Hashem of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what Yirat Hashem means. So to the plane, when it's far away, it looks small. 
When a person is far away from Hashem, Lo Alenu, Hashem looks small, looks foreign to him. But when you close up to the plane, the plane is massive. When you close up to Hashem, when you learn Torah, when you start keeping Shabbat, when you discover Hashem's hand everywhere more and more, Hashem is massive. Ah, Hashem is great. It's the best thing in the world being close to Hashem. It really is. It's the best thing in the world. Really living up with the moon and bitachon, with a real enod milvado. A real enod milvado. I'll say it again. A truthful, real, sincere enod milvado. Hashem literally exists. No jokes. How awesome that is. Ay, that Hashem is here 24-7 with us. I want to share with you a chidush. From the Sif Chaim. Sifta Chaim says like this, just to bring out a point to the mashal I gave you from the plane. Sifta Chaim says like this. Brings in the Gemara in Chulin Zayin Amalbet. Omar Bichanina. Afilu Machshafot. Let's say you have these, you know, back in the day, you had people that knew how to do different hijibiji, uh, magic, you know, with spirits. They were called Machshafot, they were called witches, magicians, you know. En Shum Koach Pol Bebliyam Ivada Kadosh Baruchu. Hashem is also, obviously, in charge of the magicians. Which means, even the times of Mitzrayim, with the Khartumim, that we see they were able to turn the sticks into snakes, and do Makadam, and all these things. Why is it there was possible for them to do it? It's called magic. There is a power of magic out there in the world. But who gives that power? Hashem. Hashem is in charge of that power too. So says Rabbi Chanina, even all the magicians in the world, all the machshafot, all these things, whatever kishuf a person wants to do, Hashem is in charge. So Isisa, there was one lady there that says, Yeah, Rabbi, yeah, Rabbi Chanina, I want to take the dirt off from the feet of your ground, from the from under your feet, or I want to take the dirt from under your feet on the ground, and I want to throw it on you, and watch how that dirt will kill you. Said Rabbi Chanina, go ahead. Enod milvado, Hashem runs the world. Hashem runs your magic tricks. Hashem runs korech Hashem runs all whatever, whatever you want to do with your chachma, with your whatever you learned in college. I'm joking. Whatever you learned in all these magician stuff, Hashem is in charge of everything. Hashem is above it all. Enod milvado, Hashem runs the whole world. I'm not scared. And nothing happened to him because he truly believed in Hashem. He truly had a moon in Hashem and Hashem protected him. Now the problem is like this, Al-Batai. The problem with the story is we have a Gemara in Shabbat. Famous, famous rule in Judaism. Don't be daf lamed bet in Shabbat. Don't be somech ala nes. We have a rule. A person can't depend that Hashem will create a miracle for him. One can't drive like a maniac down the street very fast and say, don't worry, Hashem will protect me. It doesn't work like that. One can't say, or the average person can't say, don't worry, I don't have to take medicine to be healthy. No, 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 no. Don't depend on miracles. Your average person is like that. Except a few tzaddikim, that's what I'm saying. That Your average person can't say, oh, I can't, you know what, Hashem is going to protect me. I'm going to jump off a building, watch how nothing happens. Oh, you can't do that. The person can't do that. En sum don't depend Hashem will create a miracle for you. Don't do something dangerous and expect Hashem to go out of His way and create a miracle for you. That's not the way a Jew behaves. We follow Teva. We follow nature, which means we do whatever it takes to stay safe. Of course, Hashem runs nature. Hashem is in charge of nature. What does it mean follow nature? What I mean to say is follow the rules. Don't do something out of the ordinary. Say, don't worry, Hashem will help me. Don't put yourself in a test. You don't do such a thing like that. You follow whatever it means to stay safe, you stay safe. And if you do stay safe and healthy, you should know that it's Hashem who kept you healthy. 
For example, because I want to make myself clear, let's say a person is not feeling well and he needs to take medicine. The right approach is not to say, I don't need medicine, Hashem will help. No, the right approach is to take the medicine, but understand at the same time that the reason why you're going to be healthy is not from the medicine, it's from Hashem. Understand that you did Ishtadlut, you did your part that you're supposed to, and that's what Hashem wants you to do. But why you're going to be healthy is not because of the medicine, it's because Hashem decided for you to be healthy. Just like a person goes to work to make money. You go to work to make money, but does that mean your work gives you the money? No. Hashem gives you the money, but you did your part by going to work. You know, I read an unbelievable lesson from the Urchot Tzadikim. We'll get back to this. The Urchot Tzadikim, but I listen, this is tremendous. The Urchot Tzadikim says like this, when you go to work, your job that you work every single day doesn't bring you the money. Hashem brings you the money. The job that you work as a shliach, as a messenger, as a pipe for Hashem to basically transfer the money for you. You know like you go to those ATM machines with the cars, with the mobiles, you know, you, you wait in a line over there and then they, there's this machine that goes, it comes down to you and you take it out from the box and then you write your check, whatever it is, you put your cash, you put it back and then it goes back to the actual bank. And you stay in your car the whole time, those fast ATM machines. The drive-by ATM machine. So too, that's how it works with Hashem. Hashem is the supplier of the money. Hashem is the one that creates the money and sends it to us. question is how He sends the money. The question is how it's woo, come down to us. One guy has this job, one guy has this, one guy has a doctor, one guy has a lawyer, one guy has a real estate agent, one guy has a barber, one guy has a pizza store. All these jobs that we have are messengers for Hashem to send us the money. But not our jo- our jobs don't make us money. At the end of the month, we have a paycheck. We didn't have the paycheck because our job gave us the paycheck. We have the paycheck because Hashem gave us the paycheck. It happens to be Hashem sent the money that month through the job that you have. It's like, let's say you're in your house and you order something from Amazon. Let's say something from Target, from the manufacturer. UPS comes and drops it off. Would anybody ever think the UPS is the company that created this product that came to my house? No, you know UPS is only a delivery truck. UPS is only a messenger for Target or the manufacturer of the product. So too when it comes to our parnasa. So too when it comes to the way we make a living every single month. When we have a job and we have a paycheck coming to our bank account at the end of the month, it's not the job that created the money. The job was the delivery truck from Hashem. Hashem creates the money. You work to do your ishtadu, to do your part. But where do you, who brings you the money? Money comes from Hashem. Your job is only a shliach. Your job is only a pipe to bring you the money. Your job is only a delivery truck, it's only a UPS truck to deliver the money from Hashem straight to you. That's what real bitachan is, by the way. That's real moon. That's the reality. Hashem is the one that gives us the money. So, so to Avir, Rabbi Chanina said, I'm not scared of any magicians, any koyachatumah, any kishuv, do what you want. Hashem is above it all. But the problem is, we have a halacha. In Shabbat, a person should not be somech alanes, a person should not depend on the miracle. So Rabbi Chanina should have told this witch, you should have told her, stop. I don't depend on miracles. I'm not going to test Hashem like that. I'm not going to depend on Hashem giving me a miracle. So how did Bichanina do that? Why did he let the switch try her trick, although she failed? Why did he do it in the first place if one cannot be dependent on this? Says the Siftichayim, an unbelievable answer. And we have to take this answer home to our lives. Each person is on level. He says like this. This is the same Rabbi Chanina in a different Gemara where he says like this. Rabbi Chanina said, this is a Gemara in Chulin also. Yeah. says like this, Adam A person never picks up a finger, a finger in this world. Only if in Shamaim, there were geyser, the decreed in Shamaim in heaven, that he could pick up his finger. 
Which means Rabbi Hanina was a true believer. Rabbi Hanina believed in Hashem so much, he believed in Hashgacha Pratit, he believed in Hashem's presence, and every step of his way, literally in his life, every day, every moment, so much, that even if I pick up my finger, says Rabbi Hanina, it's only because Hashem let it be picked up. Once Hashem let it be picked up, then in this world I can pick up my finger. Rabbi Hanina was on such a high level. Rabbi Hanina lived reality so much that he literally lived with Hashem. He literally basically saw Hashem and lived with Hashem's presence all the time. So says this, Chaim, you know why Rabbi Hanina was able to tell the witch, do what you want. Hashem is above it all because Rabbi Hanina truly lived with Hashem. So because he was on that level of really living with Hashem, with Enel Mivado, or having real Amuna, and more vivid with Hashem's presence, so he's even above the Kishufim, he's even above all these magic tricks of Korach of imperating from these witches, because he truly lived with Hashem. But a person who is not on the level of Rabbi Hanina, a person who's not there yet, who didn't yet sees Hashem's hand literally in front of him as much as Rabbi Hanina, he can be dependent on a miracle. Because it's a two-way street. The more you involve Hashem in your life, the more Hashem will be involved in your life. The less a person involves Hashem in his life, the less Hashem will be involved in a person's life. The more you bring in Hashem, the more hashgacha patit from Hashem. The less you bring in Hashem, the more you push Him off, chaser shalom, the less Hashem has in that person. Hashem always watches over all of us no matter what happens. But how much He watches, more or less, that's up to a person. The talui banu, it is up to us. The more we bring in Hashem to our lives, the more we work on ourselves, more Torah, more mitzvot, more chasadim, more yirat shamayim, more brachot bekavana, more mitzvot, more tefillah, more keeping Shabbat, trying to bring Hashem to our lives more and more and more. The more Hashem is a tip of a tongue, truthfully and honestly, the more Hashem will really be involved. But the less a person involves Hashem, the more he pushes them off. Like, Hashem, you know, I see you in shul, but you know, when it comes to my job, please leave me alone. Or like, Hashem, I see you, you know, Shabbat, but you know, Sometimes I go to weddings and there's the immodest things. Can you just, Hashem, please just sit up, stand, stand outside. The more a person kicks Hashem out, the less Hashem will be involved. It's a two-way street. Our job is to bring Hashem as much as possible to our lives. To involve God as much as possible in our lives. The more we involve Him, the more He will be involved. It's up to us. Enjoyment. Kedusha, righteousness, awesomeness, to understand that Hashem is here 24-7, and Hashem is here 24-7. But the way He acts towards us depends on us. The more we bring Him in, the more He's going to be involved in our lives. So Rabbi Hanina was able to overcome the Kishuf. He was able to overcome this magic, this Koachatumah, this switch from Enon Milvado, because he truly lived with Hashem, and Hashem was truly with him 100%. That's why it's not so Mechalanes. He's not, he's not waiting for a miracle. Not miracle. For him, it's natural. For him, it's natural to beat the magician, because he's so close with Hashem, he's already above it all. It's not a miracle. What does a miracle mean? A miracle means to go against nature. But if you're for Bichanina, his love of Amuna was so strong, it is nature to go above the magic, to go back to Kishuf, to go above the switch. But an average person... 
It's considered an S because the emuna is not so strong. Simimela to go against nature and to stop this koyachatuma, to stop the magic, you need an S, you need a miracle to come in. Says the Sitechaim, but what lesson do we learn from here? What lesson we learn from Bichanina is each one of us has the opportunity to reach a Bichanina to a certain level. Each one of us has the kochot, has the ability to get closer and closer to Kadosh Baruch Hu and to live more and more with Hashem. That's up to us. Hashem is waiting for us to be close to Him. Remember that. Hashem is always waiting for every single one of us to see Him wherever we turn. Hashem always wants us to be close to Him. It is up to us. The more we bring in Hashem, the more Hashem will be involved. Always say the word, Hashem, you really exist. Work in the Bitochan, work in the Imun, and remind yourself Hashem really exists. Why do we kiss the mezuzah? To remind yourself Hashem is here in the room. Why do we say Bachot so often during the day? To keep and remind yourself Hashem is here. That's what we bless Hashem. Why do we learn? Why do we daven? Why do we wear a yarmulke? Why do we wear tzitzit? Why do we dress modest? To always remember Hashem is with us. Never forget that Hashem is with us. That's the challenge of life. We forget. The challenge is to overcome that forgetness and remind ourselves the reality and the truth that Hashem is here 24-7. That's our job. Bringing in Hashem as much as possible. And Hashem will taka, be involved even more. And even more depends how much you bring Him in. He's always watching over us. But how much is He involved with the Shkachah Says the Rambam and Sifti Chaim based on Bichanina. That depends on how much we let Him come in. Let's work together. And the Enel Mivadah. Let's reach higher levels to bring in Hashem closer in our lives. When you make a bracha, understand why you're making a bracha. You say, you're blessing Hashem. What the point is, you're basically declaring Hashem, you own this apple. Hashem, thank you for the apple. You hear, Hashem, thank you for the apple. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me the bread. You hear. You put on tefillin, Hashem, you hear. You learn. What does learning mean? It means that Hashem is talking to you, He's trying to teach you what life is about. You're reading from the Sidu, what are you doing? You're literally saying, Hashem is here and I'm talking to Him, and that's the reality. We do it 24 7 anyways. Let's just do it right. Let's remind ourselves why we do it and build our betacha namuna and have a tremendous. Tremendous, tremendous, over us and every single thing we do in our lives, just like Hashem wants us to be. Everyone should always be healthy. Everyone should have parnasa and shalom bayta demeva We should only, 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 only hear good news. And I want to end off with this before I forget. I just heard from a big adol in Eretz Yisrael. Back to current events. Back to current events. Recently, Rabbatai, we, we had a president that was very pro-Israel. Hopefully the next one will be too. But this one was very pro-Israel, very pro-Eretz Yisrael. He did a lot of good things for our community here in New York. So, you know, we thought about it a lot. Why is it that, uh, you know, it didn't happen again? Why is it? Why is the news the news? Why, you know, why, why, why is he not there again for another four years? So this rabbi in Eretz Yisrael, Abatai, said like this. He said, during those four years, and that's the truth, by the way, during those four years, many Jews were way too dependent on this person. Many Jews were somech, were leaning on this president way too much to hook them, hook, you know, hook them up and have their back. Hashem is not happy with that. Hashem put him in there as a shliach to Hashem, but Hashem runs the world. When you get too comfortable, you forget about Hashem. When one gets too comfortable with human beings, you forget about your creator. So Hashem had to move him aside for now. 
And right now we turn straight to Hashem because we have no one to trust but HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Let's remind ourselves, Rabotai, Hashem runs the world. Hashem runs the world. Any person does any favor to us, Hashem sent them. He's a messenger for Hashem. And it goes the other way too. If anybody ever hurts somebody or damages, it's not him. He was sent by Hashem. Everything is like Kadosh Baruch Hu. That's the truth. That's the reality. That's the lesson we have to learn from the current events. Why did it happen? Think about it. Why did it happen? Because too much trusting that person. That we started getting too comfortable. Forget about Hashem. Unfortunately, unfortunately. This had to happen. We should only have good news. And the next president should be even better for Kla Yisrael and for the world and for Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael should always be safe and every Jew should always be safe. Thank you so much for listening. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.